Hey, I'm Autumn, and thanks for listening to You're Not Your Effin' Chair, where our goal is to show you that your problems in life don't have to define you. And I'm Nick! <laughs> That's how I would start, like, the show. Like, I was, like, a radio, like, Host. guy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> this is going to be a heavy episode, I feel like. Nick's going to try to laugh his way through it. I've been, I've been, for the last, like, 20, 30 minutes, I've just been trying to make Autumn laugh as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's usually my my uh, my way of coping when Autumn's down is, like, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm Adam Sandler and Big Daddy. I'm just, like, every time Autumn's mad, I'm, like, falling down the stairs and just trying to make her laugh. <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> Damn you, Scuba Steve! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it was a great week. It was. I mean, it's... We had a great weekend. The Grizzly game on Sunday with the family was like... There was a moment that, like, I looked around and I, like, why am I already crying? I don't know why I'm already (laughs) crying. (laughs) I, like, looked around and I'm like, I'm so grateful. It was a blast. just my whole family's here. Alice got a puck. (laughs) She was living life. She... Alice, we have to, like... Really try hard. Usually, usually she doesn't come to every Grizzly game because like she gets bored. Because Lexi would go to like, she'll go to them even if we don't go. Yeah. But like Alice, it's like, eh, and like she even was like, well, you know, can I go play? I was like, no, we're all gonna go as a family, like yeah. you know. Yeah. And she is so glad she came because she, she had, had a blast. blast. She she mixes up the beavers and the grizzlies. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing. She's and like, then she's like, is the beaver going to be there? And I'm like, first off, it's a grizzly bear. Yeah. And the mascot's not there this year. And then, so she's so scared of mascots. And then she was like, dad, why don't the beavers play in the NHL? And I'm like, like the grizzlies or like my <laughs> the, team? And the she's men's like, league. And she's like, well, both. <laughs> she just has no concept, but, but she had a blast. She and caught the puck. She was yeah. on the Jumbotron. And there was a moment where she was sitting on my lap and Alexi was sitting next to me. And it was just like, it was great. It was great. It was just that family moment. And, um, Brooks was asleep in Nick's arms. Just that feeling of like, life's good. It's kind of like, you know, the Ferris Bueller's, you know, like where he says, like, you know, if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you know, you could miss it. Life mm-hmm. moves pretty fast. I yeah. forgot that part, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that true, really makes sense if I make that because that was a moment. I I know what you're talking about, and I didn't, I didn't like have that same like right, re- you know, revelation that you did. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about because like that was like one of those days where it was just like yeah. we were all there and it was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you just got to stop and smell the roses sometimes. Yeah, I feel like lately I've had a lot of like this feeling of. There's going to be a day that it won't be this way. We won't be at all the youth sports. We won't be with little kids at the games. I mean, they're going to grow up. They're going to go on to their own lives. They're going to do their own thing. And so this week especially, I've kind of had this feeling of like, I need to soak it all in. I need to enjoy it. Brooks is growing so fast. He's our last baby. Like, I'm not having another baby. We're growing out of like the baby phase. You yeah. know, the this time in our lives we're kind of growing out of and and it's been every phase has been fun, every milestone has been fun, but we're just getting to the next step, you know. So I just feel like I've really been trying to like take it all in. There was a there was a moment this weekend, I guess, you know Wednesday was you know, 
I mean, Monday's busy, you know, I record my podcast, mm-hmm. and then Tuesday's busy, you know, we're running around, catching up, and then I, we record this podcast, and I had it late at night, and then Wednesday was a whirlwind, you know, it started the men's league and stuff, but, and then Thursday, like, I just was like, all right, today's just going to be like, I had expect expectations for Thursday, and it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go, and yeah. it was kind of a bummer day, and then... It was a bummer night. I mean, Brooks had a rough night, and yeah, yeah, it was a terrible, not terrible night, but you know, it was just one of those. He nights. was up. He's one and a half, almost two, and he was up like three times, four times that night. So yeah, it was a hard night. And and you know the, those kids, they get so like they're so tough, you know, and like but then like you get them asleep, and like you just look at them and you love them, uh-huh. and you're like, all right, so it's grateful. worth it. And then the next night was the same thing. <laughs> it was. I had expectations for the night, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, and it didn't go the way I wanted yeah. it to go again. And it just, I went to bed. I and honestly I was, feel like, let me cut you off for just a second. I feel like we tend, when your expectations aren't being met and my expectations aren't being met, I feel like, because mine was a whole different list of expectations, but I feel like, we are just both so like mentally like bummed out kind of that I know for me like that was kind of the start of a few hard days and I feel like it was just like I don't know I feel like it was just like I need to go to sleep I need a reset in the morning you know I need to let go of those expectations and move on with yeah. My life, you know. Yeah. And, and Friday was also a rough night, you know, with Brooks and stuff. And it just, it, you know, we we were getting to bed and it was like, rise, we were about to go to bed. He's, he wakes up and mm-hmm. we, we do the whole thing over again. And you're just so drained. You're so and he, drained. He was teething and stuff. It's not his fault, you know. He's, get, he's getting his molars, which any mom knows that it's rough. Yeah. So, <laughs> mom and dad. And so, Saturday, like, I had a high expectations again. I was like, all right, Saturday is going to be like a blast. We went to the dance recital and then we were, we were going to the Grizzly game after. And, you know, and I had my such sister, high... my sister watched Brooks through the Grizzly game yeah. and he cried for her. <laughs> yeah. And I told her like, I, I mean, my sister, she's amazing. She just, she was like, he's fine. I've got him. Like I have a th- few things I'm going to try a car ride, this and that, you know, but I told her, you know, he probably would have cried at home with us. Yeah. So, no, it's not just you. He's been super fussy the last couple of days. It's just those teeth. Yeah. So, and there was a moment when we got to the Grizzly game, and I was just like, all right, I'm just going to have a fun night. And I was just like, I'm just letting go of all expectations. And sometimes yeah. we hold ourselves to, you know, ex- high expectations. People hold us to high expectations. And we work so hard at like meeting those expectations of ourselves and, you know, and we're almost setting ourselves up to fail because we just, it's kind of like when you go to a, a, a party or something and like, it was so much fun. And then like you try and recreate it and you have such high expectations for the next time that, you know, and just does that have in the magic, you know, or whatever, right. another night, you know, and so Sometimes our expectations are just too high for ourselves and other people have expectations for us and we're trying to live up to those. And we just spend so much of our mental time trying to, you know, yeah, you know, fulfill those things and whether it's parents and stuff. And, and I was, I've been thinking about this a lot all day long about expectations and people's expectations 
expectations of us and our own expectations and where the line is between like, you know, you know, try not being able to live up to these expectations or like, you know, you have a goal and you're trying to meet right. that goal. And so I, it is a fine line, I think. And it's good to have goals, but we got to kind of just, we got to get on the roller coaster and just, you know, yeah, buckle up sometimes. Right, right. And if, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there's a new ride at Disneyland or something and you can go online and you can research it and you can find out the whole ride and, you know, and like, re, you know, experience the whole ride before you actually experience it and it almost ruins it. And so really we just need to like, Take you know, just, back. just put the seatbelt on and sit back and enjoy life, you know, yeah. as it's a ride and still, and still reach for your goals, but don't put those expectations so high. And also, I mean, I feel like I'm just like going off on this, but <laughs> I feel like that there's a lot of times where we, we do something and maybe it doesn't work out. And our pride is so high that we're so worried about like, you know, you know, going back on what we decided and we're worried about what everyone else is going to make. Oh, you messed up. Yeah. Could have told you that, you know, and and that's, and there are some people that are just waiting for you to fail, but guess what? They almost root for you to fail. There's always going to be someone. And so there's always going to be, if you want to call them haters or whatever, rooting for Mm -hmm. you to you know, to like call you out on your mistake, you know, but we're all just trying to live life. And that's the exciting part of it. And I, I mean, if anyone knows me, I am not your typical, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't go to college. I don't plan on it. I have different views on all that. And Mm -hmm. if you go to college, that's great. That's fine. Right. But I was thinking about that the other day about, because I, two have kind of had like this mental roller coaster. And I think that's why we both had these mental weekends that, you know, we were, you know, fighting a lot of these demons, but I was thinking about like my success as a person and if I'm a failure or whatever. And I was almost like, you know, I may not be successful to other people, but I know that I'm happy. Yeah. And so really, really all in all your goal. and, And yeah, when we think about, whether we want to go to college and have these great jobs and buy a big house and buy the fancy cars. And, you know, if you, if, you know, that stuff's all nice and great. Fancy vacations. But what and... you're really looking for at the root of all that is happiness. Right. And if happiness to you is, a, is a, you know, a rock or something. You the know, money to pay for those things. Yeah. like If that's happiness to you, what really, what are you doing? You know, and but what I'm saying is money ha- comes and goes. Yeah, is what I'm it saying. does, and happiness can be. I the way I thought of it is like a little stone. Mm-hmm. And if happiness is this stone, you know, you can do so many different things with this stone, or you know, you, you can get it so many different ways. Right. I, that's a stupid analogy. I'm just realizing that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's the way it works in my mind. But it's something so simple, and you can just have it, and you can put it in your pocket, and no one else needs to see it. You don't have to show everyone your happiness. Yes. And it's just something that I've been thinking about lately and how we just try and live up to everyone's expectations. I feel like there's expectations that come along with, like, disability, like people that are disabled, whether it's a wheelchair, whether it's another type of disability, there's these expectations still that you have to live up to. And I feel like that could be 
a lot of the reason I struggled these last couple days. Not that anybody else has expectations for me, but really, maybe it's myself. You know, I think coming from someone who's in a wheelchair, and I've been this way for 14 years, my adult, my whole adult life, I've been in a wheelchair. Um, you're still expected to work. You're still expected to pay bills. You're still expected to live somewhat of a normal life. Although you, people aren't telling you this is your the expectations of you. You're still expected. Yeah. You're expected to get out of bed in the morning and get crap done. And mornings like this morning were hard. It was hard. It was hard to roll out of bed. It's not. I told Nick this morning. I'm so happy. Like, it's it's so weird. I'm so happy. But it's hard to roll out of bed because life is just hard. It's just hard physically. Like, it's hard to get that mental capacity of, I got this, you know? And how many mornings can you roll out of bed with this bright, bubbly attitude of, like, I got this, you know? And there's... Obviously, there's mornings that you wake up and it's kind of like, why me? Why am I struggling with this? You know, why do I have to physically put up with this for the rest of my life? This isn't changing. This isn't going to go away. It's never coming back, you know. So why me? Why do I have all these expectations? Why do why do I have to do all these things when it's never coming back? Yeah, and when I came in and Autumn was, you know, sad and I, I I just gave her a hug and I said I told her that it's okay that you're feeling like this. Like you're you are you have the right to feel like this some days. And it's right. it's okay to have I'm human. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to be sad some days. It's okay to feel mad, you know, at the world at ourselves, as long as we don't get stuck in that rut. Right. And and, and one of my favorite lines from any movie is kind of a stupid, mo- you know, line, and it doesn't have anything really to do with the movie, but the movie Logan. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has seen that, but you know, it's Wolverine. But there's a there's a part in that movie where you know he goes to this guy's house, and they're talking about all these. It's futuristic and about how the corn syrups and everything and whatever, but. And they have, he talks about how there's, they have drinks for making you feel better. They have drinks for making you go to bed. Mm -hmm. And it's really talking about things that we, we think are going to make our lives better. And it's kind of like your situation. Like people have, and just to get the quote over, but he says, you know, back in my day, that was just called having a bad day, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that is really, like, I love that line in that movie. I know probably everyone who's seen it probably doesn't even realize that's in that movie. But, yeah. But it just, it really is. And it's it's so easy to get caught up on, like, your morning, and then you stay like that, and the next morning you, you remember that, and you think about that, and you keep those expectations, and then... You know, you go get on a pill or something, and then you're on that pill for the rest of your life. And you think that this pill is going to make your life better. If I just have this pill or, you know, if I just have that job, you know, and we put so many. grass is always greener. Yeah, we always, we, when you get in these moments, it's really easy to grasp onto a a tangible thing. If I just had this. If I just had, you know, more money or if we just had, 
you know, a better job, if I just had a new uh, house, a new if house. I just had it for me, if I could just walk. Yeah. If you could just walk. And yeah. It, and it, it's easy to get caught up in those negative feelings, but you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, yeah. strap your boots up and you, you know, you gotta lace them up and you gotta get out there and play. Right. Right. So. It's true. And I don't say these things as a matter of like, I know for a fact that there will be people that, you know, reach out or whatever, or they're just like, hey, I love you. Or, you know, I don't say these things for that satisfaction. I don't say these things for the attention. I say these things because I think it's very important to be transparent. And I think it's very important to show people that I, it's not every day that I'm just bright autumn. You know, I'm not just this giddy laugh. You know, I laugh. I laugh a lot. I have a bright personality. And because I've had a couple days that have been hard doesn't mean that's not still here. It's just that I'm human. Yeah. And we're all human. And and I, I read this quote tonight about Bruce. It's from Bruce Lee. And it says, I'm not I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations. And you're not in this world to live up to mine. Right. And so I really like that. You know, and we, we sometimes hold ourselves, you know, or other people up to expectations. And it's okay. I mean, you know, if you have, I'm not saying if I tell you I'm going to be there and I don't show up, then like, don't, like, that's not, that's, that's not the not same the thing. Expectations. Like expectations is, we all know what those are, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. you just expect someone to do something all the time or you expect someone to well, be so great, you know. Really, for me... I guess I hold myself to the standard of like, dude, if you know me, I can't handle the poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. I can't handle it. Yeah. And when people start to do it around me, it's kind of one of my downfalls that I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. I, I, you know, I get that you're going through things. That's fine. Like everybody goes through things and I, you know, but it's hard for me to hear someone say, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Not that I won't listen. Not not that I feel like my life is worse than anybody else's out there by any means. But I just struggle with the poor me. And maybe it's because for so long, in my mind, I've just been like, Autumn, you're not, you're not going to play that card. You're not playing the poor me card. You know, yeah. And so I think for me, I have this expectation to get my butt out of bed in the morning, to get my work going, to you know, I have to get to this work meeting, I have to be a good mom, and I have to get to this dance meeting, and I have to get to this hockey thing, and I have to you know be the mom that's present in my kid's life, and I have these expectations for myself of like, no excuses, dude. Get up, get going, get your crap done. You got this. Yeah. And I mean, that there are, I guess there are good expectations and there's, you know, there's bad ones. It's not, I, I it's think not, I, it's me that kind of sets those expectations. I mean, to a certain extent, others, but you got to, others you, expect things of me. But for me, I set these expectations so high of like, dude, I own two businesses <laughs> from a wheelchair. I have three kids. I, I do not have a, any downtime. I don't. I have to make downtime. Right? But you're really good at just, you you know, you have those high expectations for yourself. And sometimes I have to, like, 
let you know like, hey, it's okay. Dial it back a it's little okay. bit. It's okay. It's okay. But even like tonight, like I I got the kids all in bed and I was like, all right, you ready to record? And mm-hmm. I was like, um, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I was just like. Honestly, it took a lot to get me here tonight. So, and I. It would it would have been really easy to just say no episode this no week. episode this week, but I know that the reward is going to be great for you. Like just be able to talk. I think right yeah, now, yeah, it is. Like getting it's it therapeutic to talk about it. I don't show these emotions. And I know you see it. You're my <laughs> husband, but I don't show these emotions to other people. I don't show it. I mean, I try to be very transparent on my social media, but I choose to post what I want to post. And so when I'm talking, when someone's hearing, right, when someone's hearing my voice, me talking about everything, this, this is very vulnerable for me. This is, I go through these phases. I, I pull myself out. It's usually a day, maybe two days at a time, you know, but I, I think it's important. I think that it's important for other people to see or hear me this way too, because chances are someone that is listening has the feeling of why me, whether it be divorce, whether it be getting let go of a job, there's always these circumstances of why me and mine might be my injury, my, you know, paralysis where someone else might be having a hard time rolling out of bed in the morning because of their own why me struggles yeah we all have our why me's yeah and it it's okay to to have those but you got to realize that everybody has those yeah and there's always somebody out there that has it worse than you and i and i think it's okay you you told me this morning and when you said it it really made me feel like my feelings were valid you just told me it's okay for you to feel this way and so i'm here to tell you through the grapevine of nick it's okay for you to feel that way, but live just like we've said in episodes in the past. Live it, feel the feelings, pull yourself out. Let's let's move on. You know, Life. you gotta you gotta dig yourself out of the hole. But that doesn't mean like me right now. You can't feel the feelings. And I I've always told myself through like hard times, whether that was you know losing someone or um, you know just a bad day or a bad time, and life moves on and you know no matter what tomorrow the sun will rise yeah and you got it and you and that's just something i tell myself a lot like no matter what happens today tomorrow the sun's coming up mm-hmm. and it's a new day yep you know if the sun can just keep coming up every morning i can keep trying every can, morning then i can do it you know too and sometimes it's stormy out there sometimes the sun doesn't shine as bright as it can mm-hmm. some days some days are shorter than other, but doesn't mean that the sun doesn't get up every day. Right. So I love that. We kind of owe it to ourselves. I love that. I do. <laughs> but I mean, we're, <laughs> we're talking about this, and we and I feel bad if anyone thinks that we're you know just griping and you know having a, and we don't just we're not here to like you know get some sympathy. We're here to you know offer. Uh, cause I am a happy person. I, I mean, I'm I have very, bad... I'm a very happy person. I couldn't ask for more as far as like my family and my career and, you know, I, 
and my kids and, and everything. I, I feel so fortunate and so lucky and so blessed. And I, and I, I wanted to talk about this because I felt like it's important because I feel like normal people feel this way. Yeah. And it, it <laughs> you is, know? it is. And, and I, when I was thinking the other day about, you know, my, I was getting down on myself about, am I a successful person or whatever? And I thought, well, my goal is to be happy and I feel like I'm happy mm -hmm. and I'm not here to be like some guru. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm yeah. not some monk, you know, that says happiness, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we're not perfect but I, by any but on means. paper, I'm not a successful person. Like I really not like depends on who's defining that. No, though. but no, no, no. But like if someone, if I wrote on a resume, my, my job history, what I have academically, how I performed in high school, I'm not a successful person, mm -hmm. but that doesn't define my happiness. It doesn't define your happiness. And I feel like if someone's just going off of what's on paper, they're really freaking missing out and, on a lot of people. And I know I've been busting out the quotes today, but like I have this, you know, <laughs> I do meditation, you know, yeah, in the mornings and I, stuff. I, and, I, it, and pause. Honestly, since Nick has meditated, meditated, is that the right word? Sure. I don't know. like expert I am meditating. Oh, God. <laughs> like, so he does, he's done this every morning, and it's been probably a year. Yeah, it's been a year. And I've noticed a huge difference just in a clear mind as far as, like, there's, you know, you can tell when there's so much going on chaos. And usually Nick gets quiet because you can tell that there's so much running through his brain. There's so much going on, and that's usually when I'm like, hello. Like, are you okay? <laughs> but since this, he's been meditating, huge difference. So there you go. Maybe you could tell him your favorite <laughs> app. If you're, if you're struggling or you just feel like you can't get your mind to stop or, you know, you need a moment to just like do yourself to recoup. Um, I've done it a few times. I'm not as faithful as Nick with every morning, but it's seriously... The bee's knees. So, I mean, I use Aura <laughs> if anyone wants to know. The, Is that A-U-R-A? Yeah. But today, but today's, like, quote, because it always, like, opens up and it has yeah. a, some quotes. Sometimes they're famous people. Sometimes they're, it says anonymous. But today was from William R. Inge. I don't know who that is. But he <laughs> says, on the whole, the happiest people seem to be those who have no particular cause for being happy except they are so. Love it. Yeah, so, I mean, I get emotional because, like, happiness to me is, like, my goal in life. Mm -hmm. And to do things that make me happy. And, mm -hmm. like, that's why I am the way I am with my career and stuff is, like, I'm not out there to, like, well, make a million dollars. I'm so not out there. one of the first people I heard speak after I got hurt, um, my mom is a physical therapist at the airport. She does, like, on-site therapy there. And... They had Chad Hymas coming to speak, and he is a quadriplegic, and he spoke to us, and, and I know Nick's heard this, um, but one of the main things that he said, probably the main thing that he said that has always stood out to me was, he said, think about your job. Now, why would you spend your life doing that every single day if you're not, not happy? Yeah. Why you don't know when it's going to be your last because he talked about his injury and he talked about it not knowing if that was going to be his last day. He said I'm not going to spend one single day being unhappy. 
I'm going to drive myself to do what I love so that every single day I can be happy to go to work. I can be excited to go to work. Whether that might be, that might mean hard work. That might mean busting your butt so that you can get the experience under your belt so that you can get the career that you want so that you can be happy every day. That's not just going to be handed to you, but that's always stuck to me when he said, if you're not happy, why would you do it every single day? Yeah, and I really, like, honestly, when you told me that, like, I think we're dating when you told me this. And it just, like, blew me away. And I was like, really? Like, no one plans to die. No, you know, like, hey, I'm uh, going to go to, you know, I'm going to, like, get my last dinner. Like, unless you're on death row, like, you're not planning to die. Yeah, yeah. And so tomorrow may be it for me. So I'm going to live today. I, and I and I kind of have thought about this since you've said it. And like, how is a good way to say this? And I, I, I know, I like, again, my quotes and stuff, and some, some of these are mine or whatever, but the one thing I always tell myself is, you know, live every day like it's your last, but also live like tomorrow, you know. Well, it's still coming. It's still going to come. Yeah. you know, you could be like, oh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Like, that's not realistic. Yeah. Like you, you can't blow all your money today because you, <laughs> you think tomorrow, tomorrow's the you end. You might not die. So <laughs> you, you got to live every day like it's like it could be your last. Right. And I do feel like a lot of people are, are very stuck in like, I'm going to do this. And then 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 it might be the right time for this. But they don't realize that it's just been 15 years. Yeah. It's just been 20 years. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, I've spent all these years trying to get to this point and I'm at this point now. And the the fairy godmother never, never showed up. Yeah. And and the glass sippler never slipped on. There's never that ta-da moment. There's never going to the clouds are not going to open up. Right. And "Ah," yeah, you know, you've made it. Yes. Congratulations. And everybody who's probably graduated college has been like. Oh man, I gotta graduate college, and then I'm gonna get that great job, and then I'm gonna be set, and, and then they like, get in that job, then and then it's what? like, well, uh, you know, and it's always, it's easy to get caught up in looking towards that next, next, next you know, next. But before you know it, you've wished your life away, and you, it's like you're driving, and all you can do is look at the horizon, yeah. and you will never catch that Reach horizon, that. right? And you just missed all this beauty you just drove by, right? So, I mean, you could have drove across all of America and missed all the beauty that is all around us every day because you've been stuck. Focusing on one On the horizon. Yep. Well, the horizon. One thing, the horizon. And that that horizon changes. Sometimes it's rocks. Sometimes it's mountains. Sometimes it's water. You know, the (laughs) the earth is round unless you're a flat believer. But, you know, (laughs) what I'm saying is that horizon will keep changing the longer, you know, the farther you travel. And you will never reach it. Right. So stop and look around. So stop enjoy and look around. Your, enjoy your life. Enjoy. Don't, ju- don't just smell the roses. Grab them. You know, like dance in them, lay in them. And I, mm-hmm. I love living in the moment with you. <laughs> don't make me cry more. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I make, I make weird noises when I get emotional. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> but yes, I do love living in the moment with Autumn, and sometimes it's 
it's it's so funny and it's times where like it's the most embarrassing things that have happened to us and we just we just laugh and we just we get through it we get through it <laughs> we move on with life and you just you just gotta live in that moment and I mean there's a I'm gonna go on another thing that I oh, love in a movie geez, hurry because we gotta get to our first segment okay but there's a part I mean if anybody's ever seen um, American Beauty. Mm-hmm. There's a part where, you know, he's kind of, like, become, like, oh, I don't care about anything. I don't have to care right. about money. And, you know, and he's kissing his wife, and they're, they're you know, getting hot and heavy or whatever. <laughs> and he has a beer in his hand, and, like, he starts, like, smooching her, and they're getting in the moment. And she, like, stops and is like, you're going to spill beer on the on the sofa. And he's like, so what? Yeah. And she, like, totally ruins the moment. And we do that so much. We... We stop and think about the tangible things and not think about the experience. And what really matters. Yeah. and I mean, sure, your sofa matters, but... But you can always clean it. Well, and you never know when it's going to be your last. Just yeah. like the movie. You never yeah. know what's going to happen next. So... You know? And, yeah. I mean, we can start the episode now. <laughs> Yeah, let's start it now that I've gotten my tears out, my emotions. It'll probably come back at some point, but hopefully it stays. Hopefully you've made it this far to like actually get into the actual episode. So oh, well. where are we going to start? We're going to start with that one time. We're going to start with that one time today because my that one time leads into a story that happened this week and that is actually going to be the gripes and gains. So it's all going to tie in together. Um, So that one time. I've talked about when I went to girls camp right after I got hurt. Um, let's see, I got hurt in September and then it was the next summer after that. So it had been a few months like I, you know, kind of got things under control somewhat as much as you can in what, six months. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my good friend Emily Ross, which is now Meyerhofer, um, we spent the whole girls camp together. We never made it to breakfast in the morning. We always slept through it. We had our cell phones, and we weren't supposed to, like, all these things, but it made it such a blast. I, I remember you texting me and stuff, like, yeah. I was on my cell phone, Yeah, but she was dating we... your buddy at the time, and it was, it. yeah, it was a good time. We, we were re- little rebels, as much as that makes you a rebel, but um, one time she was pushing me, and she's going to die. <laughs> she probably thinks I forgot about this, but she was pushing me, and let's talk about grass. Should we talk about grass before I go into this? Grass? She was pushing me on grass. Grass is like the hardest thing. Okay, sand is the hardest. (laughs) Sand, gravel. Gravel's pretty hard too. Yeah, because you sink. But like grass is very, you don't realize like if you you cut all the grass, how uneven that and bumpy that like grass is. So it it hides it. You know, you mow it straight across, but like there's a lot of bumps in there. Yeah. So we do grass usually like in a wheelie. Yeah. Well, and the reason for the wheelie is because like we've talked about, my front casters are so small that they catch anything and they stop. Yeah. And so then when someone's pushing you from behind, it's like, well, we're just going, right? We're moving. Everything's moving forward, right? Yeah. They keep moving forward. They don't realize those casters aren't moving. They they need to pop over whatever it is that's stopping them. And usually that's when I get dumped out. And grass is, you know, usually like, you know, it's being watered daily. So like the ground is actually pretty soft. Soft. 
Yeah. So when you hit a bump, you you almost like sink into it. Right. And your your chair just stops. I mean, if it's dry grass, you know, like it's dead, that's probably better. Easiest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this particular time, Emily was pushing me. We were going probably to lunch or something, and she was trying to push me, and we came to a hill. So she's like, well, here we go. She starts pushing me. Sure enough, my front casters hit something, and she dumps me out onto this hill. Luckily, this hill was like, you know, I mean, it wasn't a huge hill, but it made it so I didn't, I, it wasn't a hard fall by any means. You were means. going up the hill. Yes, we oh. were going up the hill. Down might have been a different story. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, wait, was it easy fall? Yeah, Down the so hill? up it was kind of just like, you know, and it was grass and whatever, so I, I fall out, and next thing I know, Emily's laying next to me. And she's like, if anybody asks, we're just laying in the grass. <laughs> so we literally just sat there laughing forever because I just fell out of my chair and she just laid right next to me. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. Just enjoy the moment. Yeah. And and, you know, this goes into my gripes and gains. I, we're going to talk about accessibility. But before we talk about accessibility, I want to talk about what happened. So um, this week. <laughs> I had a dance. Um, obviously, dance is over, and and I don't know why it's always dance. Why is it always dance? Because I go to so many hockey things, and there's hardly ever an issue, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, talking about the grass, we 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 go sometimes to our nephews like baseball games or football mm-hmm. games, and for everybody else, it's so easy to get to the park and go watch that football. But like, like. I, heaven forbid, our kids want to play baseball or something because, no. like, Autumn can't get to the baseball diamonds at most parks by herself. I mean, mm-hmm. in Syracuse Park, she could, but, you know, the West Point Park, it's she can't. It's very hit or miss. You know, so, and there's a lot of parks that they don't have cement all the way to the baseball diamonds or the football fields. And most anybody doesn't have cement right. all the way to a football field. And so if she went by herself, there's no way for her to get to that football field. I mean, okay, you could do it. Right. It would just be really hard and take you a lot, you know, to push through grass by yourself. Right. But so. so this week we had a lot of like the end dance things. So we had the end of the year dance recital, which was at Clearfield High, took us back to our stomping grounds. <laughs> In fact, I was going to do a little Instagram about where, remember that one time that we talked about a couple yeah, we couple dumped, episodes back where we, we you dumped that. me out of yeah. the wheelchair on school grounds? But like usual, you were running in, I ran yeah, and that, And then when we came out, there was a bunch of people coming out, the school prom. had prom, and so it was just like... For me to video where and we were we, trying to get to the Grizzly game, so yeah, we. Cr- I was gonna video where we crashed and be like, check it out. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Another time. So, um, so the recital was great. In fact, my sister in law said, "Let me help you." I. She's like, she always asks if she, if she can help. Um, push me and you know me I've already I've already said it on here of I'm I'm fine I can do it myself and she said to me she's she finally just helped me because those ramps are steep at Clearfield High School yeah that the those auditorium ramps, auditorium and then down to the dressing room there was another big yeah. one and she's like I know for a fact I know you can get up those but if I don't help you I know you're gonna be hurting and I'm sure she's listened to my podcast and and all of that but um so she just gladly helped me every time i hit a hill she was just there to push me and and help me a little bit you know so that i could get up that stupid hill when autumn says she doesn't like people pushing her it's usually because there's bumps but like i mean 
Clearfield High where you were getting pushed, it was it was like really thin carpet and it yes. was pretty much you're not going to hit a random bump yeah. in a you very know, rarely in a hallway. You. Yeah, so that was awesome. Seriously, um, honestly, I don't know if I could do all these dance things without Melissa. It's been so great having her daughter on the same team as my daughter just because I have that security there of like I have someone to help me because nine times out of ten you can't be back in the dressing rooms or you're taking care of Brooks or you know holding down the fort on your end so it's been really nice to have her there and I was joking with her the other day because I'm like, I guess I should read the emails because I always just text her. And I'm like, so what's the deal? When are we supposed to be there? (laughs) Where are we supposed to be? Just give me all the deets, you know. So um, Monday night we had the parents meeting for tryouts because the end of the year recital's over. And that means on to tryouts. Oh, and Melissa's going to die when I talk about this. And I was I was recording my podcast, yeah. my other podcast. Well, I can, and so yeah. Adam was like, I got to go. I got to go. I was like, two more minutes, two more minutes. And like, we hurry. I'm, like, I'm going to be late. And not to mention that parking lot is so damn small. It is so <laughs> small. And the handicap, like, when I'm talking about the studio, I mean no disrespect because I have nothing but gratitude and respect for Alice's dance studio, the teachers, the Brady that owns it. Which is Rhythmworks. Rhythmworks, yeah. And and yeah, I have so much good to say about this studio. With me talking about my accessibility, I mean no disrespect to them, honestly, <laughs> because I love them to death. Um, and I know but the that parking lot, any of them it's would on do, our shit list. <laughs> any of them would do anything for me. But yeah, I can't do the handicap parking. I can't do it. Nine times out of ten, there's a car parked in the loading zone between the two handicap spots. Because the, the, the lines aren't very well painted. No, know. and then there's a salon in the front of the studio. So there's the salon, the people that park for the salon. There's a lawn and garden place right across from it. So then it right now it sucks because it's busy season for that. So there's constantly either trucks out there or there's people that are shopping for plants or whatever. So during like this parent meeting or pick up or drop off or this parking lot gets so full. So I'm freaking out at Nick. I'm like, dude, I have to go. Like, I have to go. I had people that were meeting. I mean, I pulled Melissa out of the meeting because I was late, you know, because she came to help me. So, um... Anyway, I get in the car. Nick put my wheelchair in the back because he knew Melissa was going to be there to help me get it out. And she just, she was so kind. She just texted me. She said, let me know when you're here and I'll come out. And I text her and I'm like, I have no idea where to park. Literally, there were cars lining, lining the streets. There, there was not a spot. Like, I had no idea. So she's like, she waves me over and she's like, just park here. And it was just literally like on the side of the fence and sketchy parking spot, but whatever, it worked. I did it. There were cars parked in the loading zone, so I couldn't get up the ramp. So Melissa got my chair out for me. Um, and then she was like, can I help you up the curb? Like, honestly, what are we supposed to do? The ramp is covered. And to some extent, like, I know th- that for an able-bodied person, it totally slips their mind of, like, not realizing what they're doing when they park in these spots. 
But at the same time, I went to every competition last season. They know I'm in a wheelchair. They know there well, is a wheelchair. I, I feel like they they pull up and they're like, uh, well, everybody else isn't going to care, so they don't know who I am. And that's true. You, or you don't grandma know has a parking spot or, yeah. you know, and I understand the broken foot surgery. I can't walk far. I understand all of that. But I bottom line, there is no excuse to park in the loading zone. Yeah. You park in the loading zone. I don't care how fast you are getting out of that car and going inside and getting back in that car. I don't care. There's well, no excuse to park in the loading zone. The a loading zone, that's where the that's where the sidewalk dips if anybody doesn't understand what that is. The loading zone and and this is why most people have the misconception that we have handicap placards to park close. Yeah. Sure, that makes it a little bit easier for me to wield my wheelchair inside. Sure. The reason for the handicap spot is the extra space, the loading zone. Because for me, if I'm getting my wheelchair out, I need that space to pull my wheelchair out. I need that space well, even, to pull my wheelchair up to the side of my car to transfer transfer into my wheelchair. Well, even if I'm with you and I have to have room to fit your wheelchair yes. between other cars, like sometimes there's no handicap, sometimes there's not. And we have to like park like super close on one yep. side and like I'll like sneak out and I know the person next to us probably like, Who's Why? this asshole that yeah. parked so close on this side? They, they left. They left two feet on the other side. It's like it's I have a wheelchair. There's a wheelchair, and yep. I don't have enough time to. And, and, I feel like writing a note sometimes. Like, hey, uh, sorry, sorry, sir, my wife. Well, lives. and side note, beans and brew. When I go there, because a lot of the times my friend that I meet with that's a photographer, we go there to meet and plan our events, and. I have to, there's not enough space on the left side of me where my driver's side door is. So I have to pull over into the loading zone a little bit. Well, the ramp is in between the loading zone and the spot, the parking stall. <laughs> so if I inch over at all, I'm blocking my own load. I'm blocking my own ramp. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, it's, let it's me go on this ramp. I just, I, I loading zone, no excuse. If you're listening to this, Next time you go to park in a loading zone, remember Autumn's gonna ream my neck. She would, she would, she would kill me if she knew that I was parking here. Autumn's gonna start slashing tires. <laughs> I, it makes me so mad just because I'm like, you don't understand. All the dance moms right now are like, oh, if my tires are slashed, I know who did it. Oh my hell, never! Autumn. I would never. In fact, I probably would never say anything to their fight face. I'd be embarrassed if I knew they were listening right now because I'm not one to complain. At least to their face. So, um, anyway, back to the story. Melissa helped me. We had no way up the ramp. And she's like, I'll just bump you up the curb. She's seen Nick do it a million times. She's like, I, we got this. And, you know, I I have to say, like, I appreciate her because if she wasn't there, I couldn't. No, you would have been done. I like, would have turned around, been... got in my car, and left. Like there, there was no way. So she goes to bump me up. And for anybody that is wondering how I go up a curb, I pop my front little wheels up. Um, and then I need help with the back side of my chair, my yeah. big wheels up. So the problem with this is that with the curb where the curb part ends and the sidewalk begins, there is a space. And sometimes the sidewalk 
is higher than the curb slightly or um, even if we're going into a door or anything like that, there's a door frame. So my front casters once again get stuck. And this happened <laughs> when she bumped me up. So she's like, we got this. She's like pushing me. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I didn't say a word. <laughs> It just, it just was happening. <laughs> and so, like, I, I don't know why I wasn't like, oh, stop, 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 stop. You were just along for the ride. I just, it kept going. And next thing you know, my hands are on the ground and my feet are on the ground. And she's like, oh, my gosh. She, like, grabs my shoulder slash boob and pulls me back. Nice. <laughs> and she pulls me back and she, like, we... You know, we kind of like get steady and and get back on the cement. We didn't get up the curb. But she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. She felt so bad. And I get it because if it was me, I would feel bad, too, if I was trying to help someone. And, you know, she's just helping you on your yoga. You know, you're just doing your downward yeah, dog. You yeah. Know, like you know, <laughs> so we just started laughing. We got up the Side curb. Up. Curb. Yeah. And. Like, second try was a charm. I don't know why the first try didn't go so hot. But she, like, gives me this big hug, and she's like, I'm so sorry. She felt so bad. And the best thing happened next. Can you guess what it is? (laughs) The best thing? The best thing she could have done happened next. Oh, oh. We laughed. Yeah. We laughed. So it didn't end there, though. Still accessibility issues. We go to go in the door. Well, in front of the door, the door was open. In front of the door was the ramp to go down where the car was parked, right? Just how it should be. Well, the ramp was too steep. I don't know. I don't know if it's ADA accessible. I'm not with my tape measure out there measuring this, you know, this ramp. But I go to turn around like the open door and my wheel all of a sudden was not touching anything like because (laughs) it caught that slope. And so Melissa was standing like right behind me. And all of a sudden, like I'm like, there comes a point when you don't grab onto your tires anymore because your tires aren't gripping anything. So my arms are like out front front, like failing. And I'm like, help me. Like, I don't know what to do. And she's just like, she, I just, Literally, like, her arms grabbed my arms, and she just stopped me. And so then we're dying laughing again because I'm like, what is happening? Like, I can go a million places, and usually I don't have this many issues. What is happening right now? And so, I mean, we laughed it off, laughed it off. Everything went great the rest of the meeting. We probably looked like drunk moms. That just went and had some drinks before the dance mom meeting because Maybe we that should be a new uh, you know game <laughs> before dance or or a movie you know like the bad moms movie the bad dance moms but no like we roll into this meeting late so it's dead it's quiet and we're still just like dying laughing because if you saw this happening you probably would have been losing it like laughing because it (laughs) i'm sure it looked so funny you know but oh my gosh it was it was so hard to get in there and like i said thank you so much melissa for helping me because like i said if she wasn't there to even try to help me i wouldn't have even been able to go to the meeting and then i would have felt the guilt of because of my wheelchair i can't go to this for my daughter like i always feel that guilt for yeah. my kids. Yeah. So there's my gripe. 
accessibility. Oh, it is so annoying. I feel like I I made it a point this week to talk about a situation um, when we went shopping. What day was that? Saturday? Saturday morning. And on my Instagram, I made it a point to, you know, I just took a picture and pointed out the issue with the situation. The slanted sidewalks. The slanted sidewalks, which I ran into and almost fell out of my chair a couple days later because of it. Yeah. But um, I want to bring like a little bit of awareness to this problem because I, I've i had several people say to me, thank you so much for pointing that out because you posting these things or you talking about these things, I would have never realized it. Yeah. And so I don't post it every day, but we run into these situations every day. And so some people might think, well, why does Nick always have to take her? Why does Nick always have to drop her off like I'm a little kid or something? <laughs> it's because usually there's an accessibility issue, whether it's a stair up inside their house or several, whether or, or businesses. There's yeah. older businesses like that hair salon that I used to go to uh, that you still go to that has a stair up in it and and how was i supposed to get up the stair you yeah. know or inside the building there's stairs um it's usually older bu- older bu- buildings sometimes there's ramps that are too steep just like the dance studio it was too yeah. steep there was no way for me to like you think oh a ramp's a ramp right no but put yourself on wheels Put yourself on wheels. It's like a ramp, but like the ramp is like falling apart and like crumbled. So like it's not really going to work at all. Yeah. So Or you go through a a parking lot that's so like beat up and crumbled mm -hmm. and there's potholes everywhere. That's like, dude, this is like dodging landmines. Even speed bumps are hard for me to go over in my wheelchair. Yeah. It's and, and and another thing to think about is usually someone that is paralyzed has part of their trunk is paralyzed. So part of their abs are paralyzed. So they don't have the balance that you have. So you can sit there in a chair and you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. But you don't realize they don't have some of those muscles. So they can't sit up and, and handle the, those situations like you could as an able-bodied well, person. And, it, and it's, it's like, you know, it's not just getting through it in the wheelchair. It's that you don't have the you know, it's, you're not like a roller coaster. You're not strapped into your, right. I mean, some people do wear a seatbelt on their wheelchair, but like, you're not strapped in there. Like no matter what, you're not falling out because, and you don't have that, you know, capabilities to like, you know, ma- maneuver your weight side to side. Like even in a car, Autumn, I always like give her crap because like, I think she drives a lot crazier than I do, but I gotta like, kind of like sit back and be like, okay, I realize that when I stop short or, you know, stuff and he's like, she doesn't have like the same like trunk control, trunk control as I do yeah. to just like, or if know. it's a, if it's a sharp turn, I have to lean into the turn because if I don't lean into the turn, I can only take so much before my muscles give out <laughs> and I'm into the door, you know, <laughs> because, it, and, and Nick drives this little car that he whips around in and my car is bigger than Nick's. So I feel like when he gets in my car from his car, he just whips on around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. So s- sometimes I have to like bite my tongue back. Dude, Autumn, I don't drive any crazier than you do, but, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. So there's my gripe. That's my gripe is. Your gain would be that there are some places that are, like, very good at accessibility. You know what? There are some places that I'm like, this is so glorious. 
For example, the freaking bountiful South Davis Rec Center. <laughs> Hello. Like, I mean, I'll complain about when they don't have their sidewalks shoveled or something from the snow. But really, like, they have probably, what, 10, 15 parking spots that yeah, are handicapped yeah. and, up front and sometimes, that have loading zones. Sometimes some, they're full. Sometimes it's senior hour at the Davis yeah, Rec Center. Yep, <laughs> and we have to put up with that. But, I, I mean, they're, they have just, it's been great. Other than at the top, sometimes people like to sit on those benches because it's nice to not have to walk downstairs. So <laughs> then I don't have a bench for my family to sit at. But seriously, though, like places like that, that it's just like, it's I don't have to worry or about park, it. Or the Park City Rink, you know, is yeah. one. Like, that one you is know, even a little and, more. But. Uh, or the Maverick Center. Yeah. I have to point out that we have gone to a lot of Grizzly games this year, and I don't think I've had to wait for the handicap stall one time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because COVID, there's less people there, or if people are just starting to respect that. I mean, I've gone to the bathroom during intermissions when it's usually busy, and I haven't had to wait one time. Yeah. And so there's there's little wins there. There's yeah. little wins and, of accessibility. I would say another gain is that you have fun stories that you'll never forget. Yeah, me and Melissa too, like our relationship grew so much just because I think that we together have like gotten through some stuff. You know, we've really gotten not you that know, we didn't know each other, not that we didn't like hang out or connect or whatever but it's so different when you're like family dinner or we'll come to your house or it's the safe bet right when you go places and it's like she's she's who i rely on you know she's you in the situation whereas yeah. usually i'm like nick you know melissa i rely on her and so for me i'm like i really like i don't know i really value our relationship and i am grateful for what it's been I mean, I've been in the Van Komen family now for 11 years, and I felt like we've always had a pretty good relationship, but I feel like it's never been stronger than it is now. Yeah. I feel like our relationship grew the first time I touched her boob, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's going to die when she hears that you said that. <laughs> oh, it was so funny, though. She's like, she, she said something like, who knew you were going to come to the parent meeting and get your get filled up or something oh she was making all the jokes i love melissa she just she knows how to make light of an awkward situation and it couldn't have gone any better honestly for a crappy situation you yeah. know yeah so there's our gripes and gains all right let's uh move on to rewind <laughs> we, we forgot to get the tape the tape sound <laughs> Click. <laughs> All right. Rewind. So um, the next part of my story, um, I had just gone over that I had Alexi, my first baby. Um, and honestly, I didn't really know what to expect with all of this. Like, I just look back now after having three and I'm like, man, that first one. I was totally blind. I had no idea what was coming for me. No, me either. <laughs> <laughs> so um, right after I came home with Alexi, um, my mom took off two, three days in a row to take care of me and the baby. She, I remember, she, I don't know if I get it from her, but 
I would always watch The Price is Right. And I remember that's what she watched that morning when she, one of the mornings when she was here. So she was like, you go lay down. You know, I'm recovering from a C-section. That means, you know, it's hard for a normal person to recover from a C-section. But someone that uses their stomach muscles to compensate for no leg muscles or hardly any leg muscles. Um, it's a hard, even harder recovery. I mean, you need help like sitting up. Like, yes. it's like, Hey, I can't help, even sit like, up. Help me sit up because yeah. I just had my stomach that the little muscles I have cut wide open. Right. Right. So, um, she, she said, you go lay down, you go rest. I'm going to take care of the baby. Alexi was a newborn. And she folded my laundry, cleaned my house, like, oh, man, I was so grateful for my mom those those few days that she came over. Um, kind of on that subject, I think it's important to talk about how much of my body is compensating for my legs um, not working. So you can, like, look at me and you can see, like, my leg move. And you can be like, oh, my gosh, her leg moved. You know, but you don't realize that it's it's some of my other muscles compensating for yeah, what I don't yeah. have. So it's it, it, like really and, and it's hard because those mu- muscles that do work are compensating for all the muscles that don't work. And so they get overworked. And so, um, yeah, it's easy to look at me and be like, how is she moving? You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a, uh, there's a lot of times that people will say to me. I have to tell you, and it's usually younger kids, they say, I have to tell you, they were kind of freaked out because they saw your leg move. Because there's <laughs> this idea that you can't move yeah. at all, you know, because it, you're in a wheelchair. And if you move at all, are you really paralyzed? Yeah. And I guess it's like, you know, a lot of us are like puppets and, you know, where you have the hand in us, our hand being our, you know, our nervous system that's moving us, you know, like walking our legs. But Autumn is a puppet that kind of works a different way Mm -hmm. and there's strings that pull different ways right and so her body is kind of re restrung herself you know a little bit even when i mean there are some parts that just don't move i mean your ankles are like a puppet's ankles they just my my feet my toes (laughs) yeah yeah there's no ankle control at all no there's no real I mean, even with your hip control, like you compensate, like you said, with your stomach muscles mm-hmm. and stuff. And I you really have, don't have any. Because yeah. we just went through it with my mom in therapy. And I, I think there's two to three muscles in my legs. It's in that inside of my leg. Yeah. So I have the quad, which is a huge, huge, huge blessing that I can function with my quad. Yeah. And then I have like my adductor. And I think there's one more, but I can't remember. So anyway, those muscles compensate for my legs. And, you know, I I, I have my quads, but it's easy to think that I have everything up into my quads. I don't have any glute muscles. So butt muscles, I can't, I can't, um, if I were to stand up, I can't balance because my, my glutes can't stabilize me, if that makes sense. Even if I'm like, so I have braces that were fitted to my legs. Um, Even if I put my braces on and I have my walker, when I'm walking, so to say, um, my hips compensate for my legs. So you'll see my hips kind of moving in this, like putting one foot in front of the other. It's not my leg muscles putting one foot in front of the other. It's my hips 
putting so, one she foot, kinda like foot flips her hip forward yes. and her leg just kind of swings around. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I think we got the point across that for the compensating. Um, but yeah, so that surgery is hard. I went through it three times after the third one and being, what was I, 30, 31, 30 when I had my last baby. No, I was 31. <laughs> You were 31. Yeah, I was 31. Okay, I was like, are we talking weeks? I was like, that's No, early. no, no, no. But yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, being yeah, yeah. 31 yeah, years 31. old, some people might be like, oh, you're only 31. You're young still for having a baby. But the difference from being 21 to 31 was a lot different. Just because my body has gotten older, not as quick to move around spunky as it used to be (laughs) yeah so i i could not after the third c-section i was like that's that um still not as bad as back surgery but it's it's a hard surgery um definitely learning to take care of a newborn was hard with lexi i had to learn all the things um whereas like my two younger like brooks and alice i kind of had the idea of how to do things because i had alexi so these first few like months were really like learning for me and Nick as to like what was going to work best. And even with advice from other spinal cord injured people that have kids, every injury is so different. And and also so, with every every kid, we kind of like found out new ways yeah, and different things. Or like, what worked better. Yeah. I learned how to push with a newborn from about newborn to three months. I'm able to lay them long ways on my lap, um, kind of in between my legs so that they're kind of like cradled in my legs um, and push so that I had two hands. Once they were like old enough to kind of push off with their legs, obviously that gets scary. So at this point, this is probably one of the hardest points to take care of the kid because... They can't sit up, so she can't. She couldn't sit on my lap while I pushed with both arms. Um, but she couldn't lay on my lap because she would push with her little legs and push herself right off the front, right? Yeah. So at this point, I kind of have to sit her up and do the one-arm push. It's really yeah. not functional. I can do it around the house, but it is, Imagine, I couldn't go to the grocery store. Like, I could not go anywhere. Yeah, and like if anybody's wondering what that is, it's it's like... Imagine you're in a canoe and you're rowing by yourself, how you have to row on one side and then you switch over and you yes, row on the other. Like perfect. That's exactly how like she pushes with one arm. It's like, yep. push this side, get that wheel going, and then push this yep. side. And get I that also wheel going. use the walls around me a lot. So I'd push with my, <laughs> push with my, you know, arm and then I'd use the wall to kind of like keep, you know, from running into the other wall. Um, when I had somewhere to go, so for example, like going to Nick's hockey games where I do not have help, I always had our trusty baby Bjorn. <laughs> I will say, I mean, where did we get it from? My aunt, Mary. Aunt, aunt Rhea, I think, bought it. Aunt Rhea? Or no, 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 no. It was Mary Kay. Yeah, it was Mary Kay. Mary Kay bought it for us for my shower with Alexi, and we used it with all three kids because Dude, almost- that was my safe. That was my saving grace with I, these kids. I almost busted it out the other day to mow the lawn still with Brooks, but I don't think he'd even fit in it still, <laughs> but I almost busted it out still. Because, like, I've been, last summer I mowed the lawn with Brooks a lot with it on. Yes. Because, I mean, it still it's, works great. Yeah, it's if nice If you're having a new body. kid, get yourself a baby Bajorn. 
Bjorn, Bjorn. Bjorn, Bjorn, whatever. Bjorn. <laughs> so, but yeah, so anytime I strapped the baby in there and that's how I got around because I have to have two arms. I have to have two arms to push. So if I could not rely, I mean, even when they were newborns, if I was going to a hockey game, I didn't. The, the whole setting them on my lap thing was like functional around the house where it's like, I'm yeah. not going to put my carrier on just to will around the house. Sometimes when I was working, I would put it on just because it was like the baby was so tiny that I'm like, I'm just going to have her right up against my chest. And, you know, I then I can get stuff done and not worry and not she won't wake up and all of those things. So it is. Is it a notable thing to say that when we had Alexi, we we still did not have a ramp outside of our house in the garage. Oh, it was yeah. built later on. But so Autumn could really couldn't even leave the house. Yeah. Without me. Right. And so, I mean, there there was some props, people. Props to Mark and Todd for giving us yeah, a ramp. Yeah, yeah, so Now props, we have two, but. Yeah. But, yeah, they built that one time when we were, you know, away in Colorado. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah. Um. So, pushing, pushing is really, that's been a struggle. Um. Even now, Brooks, Brooks is so heavy now that, like, when I'm pushing now, and, I mean, it was the same way with. Alexi and Alice too, but Brooks is just the most recent one. If he throws a fit or if he like transfers <laughs> his weight at all, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. like, bro, you're gonna make me fall. Like, hey. you're because my trunk control isn't all there, and it and it's mostly those lower muscles in like below my belly button that I kind of struggle with a little bit. But seriously, like when he like gets off balance, it's scary. <laughs> I'm like, I'm better off just setting you I, on the I mean, ground. I mean, it's scary for me when I'm holding him and he throws a fake because he is a heavy kid. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you're going to fall. Yeah. But, you know, I can only imagine your, you know, your incidents. And still, honestly, I'll still say to this day, like, when I would go to work and you're like, yeah, I'm leaving somewhere with the kids. I'm like, how was she even, like, getting out of the house? Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, obviously you wouldn't do that when I was there. A lot of the time, my sister. Or I'll, I'll get the kid in the car, but I will not get out of the car. I'll go through the drive-thru or something like that because it's just it's just too hard. And, like, think about going grocery shopping or I never get those mom Target strolls that everybody talks about because if I want to go to Target and I got to strap my baby in on my lap, where the hell am I supposed to put anything that I want to <laughs> binge buy from Target? You should get a basket, but it goes on the back, a trailer. <laughs> I mean, I have gone to the grocery store and had those, like, reusable bags that I put on the back of my chair, and then I just fill that up, put that on the cash register. They ring it all up and put it back in the bag, and then I take it. So it's possible, but it's just not functional, and so it just does not seem fun to me at yeah. all. So um, at this point... Like, after having a newborn, um, I kind of dealt with a lot of, I, I would say a little bit of postpartum depression. I think that it was a lot of, like, I needed a minute to kind of think about what life would look like, in a sense, I guess you could say. There was one night that I can remember that I, there's, there's sometimes that I will just tell Nick, and even to this day, I'll just be like, I need a minute. I, I closed the door to our bedroom. <laughs> I did it tonight. He went and put the kids to bed. He thought I was working on the podcast and in my notes. <laughs> I needed a minute. And in, in fact, I was just down. I This morning, I had a really hard morning, got back into it, went to work, you know, got my mind off of things. I was fine. I was pretty good all day. 
But then we had one little mishap with my stubborn Alexi tonight. <laughs> and with that, I it all came back. It all came back. It and was I, just like... And I knew... I know when Autumn gets frustrated and I really... I, I don't like to see you frustrated. And I don't like... I mean, my goal throughout the day is to make Autumn happy and make my kids I happy. Like, I really try to like make everyone happy. And I feel like that yeah, should be all of our jobs is to, you know, to really try and make sure that, you know, everyone around us is happy. Right. Because it makes us happier sometimes too, mm-hmm. you know, to make everyone else happy and whatever. But so I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, that's fine. She, she can just go in there. That's okay. I, I, I can handle I these I usually kids. will slam the door on my way. <laughs> Not slam, slam, but it'll get a good shut. Yeah. So and like, y'all know that I just need some time. So I know after I had Alexi, there, I remember the specific time that I just needed time. And the tears rolled. I was just frustrated. And I sometimes Nick will see me this way. But sometimes I'm just like, I need, I need to be by myself. I feel like it's important to for me to live these emotions at some points by myself and tonight I lived it by myself I came in my room and I cried and I cried some more and then Nick came in and said your show notes aren't done and I'm like you're freaking lucky I'm getting on the podcast tonight don't tell me my show notes aren't done like I'm emotional okay I just I just like we can do it it's fine yeah Let's just do it yeah so this particular night I was having the feelings of not not the why me, which normally it's that. It's the what if that I was kind of struggling with. Um, I could I I had the feelings of like never being able to do the mommy and me dance classes with her. Um, all of those types of things that it's it's a physical thing. And growing up, I danced. I I did these dance competitions. I was part of these dance competitions. In fact, living this with Alice just takes me back to when I was doing these things at her age and and all throughout school and all of that. And so these things that I really wish I could do, I was kind of mourning the loss of those in a sense of like my life changed. You know, my life went from like wanting to be able to hang out with my friends and dating and, and getting into marriage and then... It's like now my life has shifted to being a mom and now I'm realizing that I'm I've got this loss now. And as my life has gone on from phase to phase, I've gone through loss. There's always some sort of loss because with my life changing, there's something that I can't do because of my life. And it's it's kind of like you you get into that mode like, okay. I've I've figured it out. I figured out how I can go to people's houses, how I can hang out, how to like just drive a car, you know, mm-hmm. go throughout my daily routine. Right. And I figured out how to get myself through those daily routines. And now you have this little baby and you're like, oh, wait, I got to figure out how to get this baby through a through, daily ru- through the daily routine. It's not just me anymore. And so Autumn is I mean, it's she's really adaptive, you know, and and. But it's constant. It's, it's never constant, the same. Like, As th- the kids change, I have to change. And there's a lot of people that reach out to Autumn for, like, help and stuff. And it's it, her, you know, a lot of things is, like, you got to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Because we all are individuals. Whether right. we all have, I mean, like we've talked about, there, the, every spinal cord industry, in, industry, injury, <laughs> industry, no, no, injury is different. And, 
you know, any injury for that, you know, matter right. is, is different. And I can tell you what works for me. Um, and I'm always willing to tell people what works for me, but I am always particular on saying we're different. Yeah. We're different. And so I'll tell you what works for me and what has become a normal for me, but you might find something that works better for you because your injury is different than mine. Yeah. So, um, I think I battle with the feelings of inadequacy constantly. Like I, I think that that's something that has constantly been a struggle for me. Um, I never want my kids to feel like, they I don't wasn't get a, enough. They don't get experience what the other kids got because yeah. you, you know, are, you know, yeah. your situation. And and this is my fear is being a mom in a wheelchair. Like, this is something that will not go away. And I don't think it'll go away through all the phases. Like I said, my kids change and I have to adapt to the change. And my kids, they they I've noticed they go through phases. And like, at first it's like... That's my mom. She can't walk because she hurt her back. And then they'll tell their friends like they'll they'll tell their friends the details. They know. But then there's the phase of like Alexi where she's like, I love you, even though you're in a wheelchair. She's noticing this difference. And I know that as she gets older and as my kids get older, there's going to be some sort of like changing as far as like whether it's they're self-conscious of their mom. You know, or and, and it'll probably come up, and it'll probably, and I'm just gonna tell you now, you shouldn't let that get you down because right. it's gonna happen. And there's things we just can't control. I right, mean, we can't control the situation. And there's things that are gonna be embarrassing. There's things in your life that are gonna be hard. There's times you're gonna fail. Right, you are gonna fail, and it's okay to just own it. Right, you know, and that's. That, and that's why I tell my kids a I, lot, like, if you mess up and, or, like, if you if you did something wrong, you know, Alice, no matter how many times we tell her, like, <sighs> don't do something, she does it. Oops. And, like, and nothing, we've told our kids, like, there's nothing that drives us more nuts than, like, lying. And, like, I don't know who did that. Like, if you did it, just own up to it. You're going to be in more trouble with us for not owning up to it than you are for the bottom line anyways. But for some reason, <laughs> when we when we become adults, we feel like we don't need to hold ourselves to that same standard. And like we we blame everyone else for our mistakes and we blame mm-hmm. it on, oh, it's this and this. Just, just, just own, own it, it and say, I'm sorry, you know, or I'm going to try to be better. There's times when, you know, you make an argument and you you feel strongly about something and then you figure out you were wrong. Right. And some people just don't, no matter how much they know they're wrong, they're going to stick to it. Then you just say, Oh yeah, Yeah. I I made a mistake. I made, it was my fault. Right. And just, and just be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people around you because you're going to be more respected for owning up to To your your mistakes than you are for like, I didn't make that mistake. Yeah. Well, and going back to like, the kids and and feeling inadequate i feel like with me having to change through their phases and what point they're at in their life i feel like they'll change too in a sense of like even already now alexi does little things to take care of my wheelchair or to to help and i notice right away if she's helping me i notice right away that she's consciously in her mind thinking i'm helping my mom 
And I know that as she gets older, maybe she, I don't know, she could have feelings of like being self-conscious of her mom or she could have that feeling of like, I'm pushing my mom. I get my mom's chair out. I, you know, and it can just be like it is with me and you where she just, she's the one that pulls it out and she's the one that pushes me through the hallway and she's the one that does all these things. And I can be sitting here feeling self-conscious and she could be just fine. Like, let's go, mom. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, not to like derail again, but I mean, there was this <laughs> last week, derail. this last week, I, we were talking about, and I told Autumn that I was, I was very proud that she was my wife. And like, I know she deals with like, you know, thinking if she's, you know, cute enough or whatever, but I think Autumn is beautiful mm-hmm. and I really do. And like, I know there's probably a lot of people like, oh man, good for him, you know, marrying the girl in the wheelchair and stuff. But like, I love Autumn and I am so proud of her and I'm proud to say that she's my wife, you know, Appreciate and that. like, I really like, it makes me feel cool. Like, you know, like just cause I, I love you just the way that if yeah. you, if you were walking, I'd be proud of you, you yeah. know, like, but like, you know, I, I love do, you really, I struggle every single day with my appearance. I do. I mean, not that I'm not a confident woman. I'm confident. I'm confident in myself. That's one thing that my wheelchair and my injury has taught me is I know me. I know who I am. I'm I'm very strong willed. I'm very independent, so to say, as far as like I'm stubborn. I'm independent as far as like I will do things myself if I have to type thing. I know who I am. But when it comes to how others view me, that's when I struggle. Because always when we meet someone, you always get, like, a different type of person that's very <laughs> curious and they don't know how to approach. They don't know what – I'm very witty. I'm very, like, I'll give it back to you. Like, yeah, you yeah. mess with me or you joke with me, I'm joking right back. You know, and that's and it just throws my, a lot of people off. It does. That's just my personality. But, I mean – but why wouldn't you it, be that way? Why why would your chair, being in a wheelchair, change your personality? Yes, yes. And so I always feel like when I meet someone, I have to show them who I am. They don't they don't give me a fair chance right from the get go. They I have to show them who I am. Like for example, when we met those friends at the Grizzly game on our anniversary. Yeah. He just came up and started talking to me, and I you know that's not often. That's not often, and I wasn't in my wheelchair. Yeah. He came and started talking to me and we had a conversation and halfway through the conversation, I was like, well, yeah, that's my wheelchair back there. And he was kind of thrown off. He's like, what happened? Like, it, but, but you had already broken that barrier. Yes. You've already got past and that. Awkward. I wasn't in my chair for it to be awkward. So there, I feel like that's kind of where my insecurity a little bit comes from is I know that being in my wheelchair, there's always going to be that disconnect until they get to know me. Then they get to know me and they're like, oh, it's autumn, you know, because I'm very witty. I will joke with you. I will, you know, I'm a normal person. I I bet there's a lot of people out there that like, if you've ever, if you ever become our friend, I guarantee the first day we hang out and then six months down the road, It'll be a very different relationship <laughs> with me because you'll you'll get totally past the whole wheelchair that it like for some reason some people think it changes who Autumn is and that's not who she is she's not her effing wheelchair like you're not yeah and she is her 
herself, you know, and like she's the same whether she's sitting in a chair here or a chair there. She's laying in the bed, you know, whether I look normal or I don't look normal because I'm in a wheelchair. Maybe we just need to like meet people if we're going to go somewhere, like get out of the wheelchair, like throw it in the closet. Like, hey, Hey! oh, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) she's just really lazy, you know? Yeah. Oh, geez. You can get back to your story, though. <laughs> well, that that's all I wanted to share was uh, I kind of wanted to end there. Nick tells me that I'm kind of going a little bit fast through all of these phases because I do. I mean, it's hard because my mom was like, what are you going to do when you kind of you get up to date on your, you know, on, on your story? What's going to be next? We have other segments we want to go through. Yeah. We, we have, There's stories we haven't told, even though I'm telling you kind of the timeline of my life in a wheelchair. There's so many things that have happened through this time that we, I mean, I would be here all day telling you all of these things. (laughs) So there's so many things to still go through. I want to have like a mom segment where we kind of like talk about mom life because let me tell you what, there's a lot of shit that I put up with (laughs) as a mom and putting up with it as a mom in a wheelchair. For example, when I'm getting mad at my kid and they run from me and they run downstairs (laughs) from me, there's just things that I would love to like talk about that don't come up when we're talking about my timeline. Do you know what I mean? So there will always be a segment. There will always be a new, new, this new, that, um, just know we'll get through my story. And there, I feel like there's always going to be something to talk about, don't you? There will always be something to talk about. And with that, I mean, I want to say thank you to anyone who listens to this podcast. Yes, I've had people reach out and it seriously makes my heart. Sometimes I'm, it catches me off guard and I'm like, I I don't know what to say right in the moment. And so I'm like, but know that I am so grateful for you. And like, that makes my night. It does. That makes my night. And I might just have a simple thank you so much. I appreciate that you told me that you love my podcast or that you love following our story. But know that that sticks out in my mind. And it feels so good to know that there's people cheering us on. It does. Because even though there's always going to be the people that don't cheer you on and, and not that anybody has said anything negative about the podcast or our lives or sharing our personal um, stories and situations, but there's the, for all the people that are cheering me on anybody that is a downer is in the dust. Like it's not even a thought yeah, because there's so they, much they good. They probably positive. don't even know that we're talking about them because they probably won't listen to podcasts <laughs> right? out of spite or something, you know, but it's fine. We appreciate anybody who doesn't, anybody who, who, I mean, we appreciate everybody who does listen and yeah. anybody who doesn't, that's okay too. Whatever. Yeah. I don't and, really And care. it's not everybody's cup of tea. Podcasts aren't everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. Honestly, I wasn't a huge podcast listener until Nick's like, hey, we got podcast equipment. And I'm like, okay, well, we're podcasters. I better we were, start we listening. Were, we were casual. <laughs> I mean, I listen to podcasts. Nick stuff, does. But, I'm yeah. just not as much. But I mean, with that, we always talk about what you're not. And, you know, I kind of want to end this show with what you are. And you are who you are. You are who you are as a mom, as a dad, a sister, sister, a brother, or a co-worker. Or, you know, you are as a boss. A boss, yeah. You know, you are the way that you treat people. You are the way that you value your friendships. You know, you are your your happiness. And, you know, you're, you are those moments of laughter. And... You know, but also you are not your bad days. You're not your embarrassing moments. You're not your depressed feelings. And you're not the your why me situation. So 
You're not your effing chair.